0: Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Today we're in Jonah 3. So go ahead and turn to your copy of God's Word there. And if you're a first-time guest with us, I want to say thank you so much for taking the chance uh, to come be our guest today and and visit this church. Um, I'm Kevin, the lead pastor, if you don't know who I am. Uh, by chance. And then we also have another campus in, in the city of Richmond. I'll get a chance to go there today and uh, share the word of God with them. That's going to be exciting. Uh, all of you should have received connection cards. Don't forget how important the connection card is. Go, oh yeah. But if you have a prayer request, please fill that out and let us know because we pray over that. Our staff looks at that and we pray over it. If you want to take the next step to serve it, Thrive, maybe you come and sit. You're not serving yet and the Lord's prompted your heart. You can actually uh, reach out to us. If you want to get water baptized, whatever your need is, we go through every one of those cards if you turn those in at one of our, our stations around here. So please make sure you, uh, you do that. Uh, there was a story of a, a young girl who took her parents' car out one weekend as they were away. It was in Idaho. And she put a lot of miles in the car and her dad knew what the mileage was. And so on that Sunday, the neighbors in the community saw this car for hours riding around backwards all through the neighborhood in reverse there and they called the police, the police stopped the car and asked the young girl what she was doing. She says, I'm trying to take off all the miles that I put on my parents' car because they're going to kill me because I wasn't supposed to do that. I'm in big trouble. Some of you remember the, the classic story. That's a true story. You remember the classic story of Ferris Bueller's Day Off when Cameron, remember when Cameron uh, and, and the guys took the car out, took Cameron's uh, dad's uh, car out, and, and they tried to put it in reverse, and then it flew out the back. They were trying to get the miles off. You know, um, thank God that the Lord does not do that to us when we make mistakes. Thank God that he doesn't say, all right, now you got to make sure you get everything, re- undo everything you've done. And that's what we're going to look at today is the story of grace. And our God is not just a God of the second chance, because man, if that's the case, I, I'd be so far gone. He's the God of the third chance and the fourth chance. He's a God of the again and the again. And no matter where you're at today, you're going to see yourself in the story of Jonah to see how God works as the God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. Now, if you haven't been here in our series, let me, let me catch up real quick. Uh, Jonah uh, was a prophet was called to go to the city of Nineveh. He's the runaway prophet, the rebellious prophet. And the Lord in Jonah 1-1 said this to him. He says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah son of Amittai and said, go to the great city of Nineveh Preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, Nineveh, as you understand, was the capital city of Assyria. Assyria was a wicked, wicked group of people. They actually took the Israelites from their hometown of Jerusalem and exiled them into Assyria in 722 BC. It's historical, so if you don't believe the Bible is real, just read history and then you'll know the Bible is real. And so they take them out, boom, they put them in Assyria, and these guys were very, very wicked. They would take men um, when they would capture a city, they would skin the men alive. they would bury them up to their necks in sand, they would cut their tongues out, they would stake their tongues into the ground in front of them, so not only would they starve to death while they're looking at their tongue sitting there, but they would go crazy before they died. They made sure they, they, they raped the women and children, and, and I say this not to be graphic in church so you can understand about the wickedness of Nineveh. You read that, you're like, oh yeah, wickedness, God didn't like him. he was, you know, had a bad day. No, it wasn't that. I mean, really, these people were super wicked, and they were killing Jonah's people. People, right? I mean, literally killing them. When they conquered a city, they would take the skulls of the men and build pyramids in that city to show they had conquered that city. So the Lord tells Jonah to go to the people that have been destroying his people and preach to them, and they're going to repent. Right? I mean, think about this: you all have people in your life that are like none of it to you. You're dead to me. You're dead to me, right? You have those people, you're dead to me. And you're like, man, I ain't preaching the gospel to them. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't going to say anything to them, man. If they end up in hell, they end up in hell. That's, that's how you feel. All of us, some, somewhere along the lines, you have people that have wronged you, that have hurt you personally, that have hurt your family. And just like Jonah, Jonah did not want to go to them. So Jonah did not hop the next camel to Nineveh. He got on a ship sailing in the opposite direction, as you heard from Brian Seymour the first week, and on that ship, a great storm came. The Lord sent the storm, and the, 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 Jonah told the guys, it's my fault. They said, okay, okay cool, let's throw you overboard. So they reluctantly threw him overboard, and the fish, God, remember that last week? And inside, those three days in the, in the belly of that fish, the well, he prayed, he repented, he turned, and then we ended up last week where the Lord spit out Jonah onto the seashore, and we're going to catch up. Here in Jonah 3, verse 1, after he's on the seashore. So imagine, you know, he's coughing, he's on the seashore, it's dramatic sand, water, he's laying there, and here's what happens as he's laying there. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Don't forget that. That word there is Shinjai. It means again. The Lord spoke to Jonah again. Aren't you glad that God speaks to you again and again? He doesn't stop one time because some of us are hard-headed, right? Verse 2 says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large it, it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's a great sermon, right? Um, The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, watch this, they declared a fast. That means you don't eat. And they put on burlap to show their sorrows. Everybody, you know, the the burlap gap store really made a lot of money during that time. They are like, oh, sell the burlap. Burlap sacks, burlap shirts, anyway. Um, When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying... He stepped down from his throne, watch this, took off his royal robes, dressed himself in burlap, and sat on a heap of ashes. In the Old Testament, that was serious repentance. Meaning, we have messed up, we have done wrong, and we are super sorry. So kids in here today, students, if you're super sorry, put on some burlap and sit on ashes. And maybe your parents will really see that you're sorry. Uh, (laughs) The king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. These folks were serious about this fast. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning. So Even the donkeys are wearing bur- burlap. I mean, get the picture here. But, but, but they're super serious. You me see what's happening here. And everyone must pray earnestly to God. Remember, they didn't believe in God. The word Jehovah, the word Elohim, God the creator. They didn't believe in Jonah's God. But now the king is saying, we must all now Turn to the Lord God. This phenomenal a whole city turns to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Verse 9 says, who can tell? And this is the the, the, the the king speaking. Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Look at verse 10. I love this. When God saw they had what they had done and how they had put, on and put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had written uh, repentance is, is key and that's what happened there the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time again and again and again and why did the word of the Lord come to Jonah because there were a people in Nineveh that were estranged from God, that were separated from God, and God loved them. And Jonah was reluctant. Jonah did not want to go. And the Lord, word of the Lord came to him again, the word Shinjai. Aren't you glad God came to you again and again? Right? You know, I mean, I'm so thankful for the grace of God. I remember as a child growing up in, in the old country church, I sat on the back row, and there was an old man with no teeth, and he had to be like 130 years old. I mean, to my estimation as a young child, I did estimate age, but he looked really old. He had no teeth. Uh, he smelled like a turkey farm. And, but, but He would give me Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum all during church service. And I loved that man because his name was James. And he would give me Wrigley's Spearmint. And I sat on the back of that old country church. And I heard altar call after altar call after altar call. And every week, I never responded. I never lifted my hand. I never went forward. I never did anything. Thank God. He came to me again in 1995. You've heard this story when the Gideons came. I was at a technology student association convention in Chicago as a sophomore in high school, and as we were there, um, I I was looking through the Gideons Bible trying to figure out what Jesus said about being saved because I didn't want to go to hell, and I was trying to think. And I didn't go to church or anything. This is like a just a guy trying to figure some things out. I'm reading the Bible, man. I'm looking through. I can't really figure it out. Didn't make much sense to me. And my friends came in and said, "Hey, let's go smoke some weed." I was like read nothing. (laughs) Boom, went out and did that. But I'm thankful that the word of the Lord came to me again. And I had a friend who told me um, after one of our, our, our good buddies died, he'd given his life to Christ. And he said, and I said, if, if Andy didn't go to heaven, Eric, nobody did. Because so Andy was a good man, right? Because I'm, I'm the ultimate judge of what's good and bad. That's how, um, you know, humanists think. The, 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 you know, God, don't, there's no God to judge us, but I'll judge us. So anyway, he, um, so, so Eric told me you're an enemy of God by the wicked works of your mind. And you must be saved. If Andy wasn't saved, he didn't go to didn't go to heaven. You don't make friends like that. You don't keep friends like that. But it pierced me, and I thought about it, but I did not respond. And then that same night, a youth pastor um, that, that I used to know as a child and you, and and I used to beat him up at VBS when I was a kid. Um, when they would send me there, I, I, eventually I got I got they wouldn't let me get up at VBS anymore because I beat kids up and. Uh, <laughs> And talk about Beastie Boys. But anyway, what, what they did, <laughs> he pulls up, takes his helmet off. says, like, Jonathan, what are you doing? And he and he totally pulls out. Hey, man, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? I said, I don't even know if they even exist. I don't know. I was like, I just want to have some fun and party. He says, well, you need to, you, you know, tonight you can make that decision. I said, I don't want to make any decisions. Just leave me alone. And I'm thankful that on March 1st, 1999, the word of the Lord came to me again when I was in a youth service. And I eventually surrendered to Jesus in my life and said, Lord, I accept. Thank God that He didn't stop when I was on the back row of a church and was eating Wrigley Spearmint chewing gum from James. You know, thank God He continued to come after me again and again and again. And see, the the, the Word of the Lord is a lot like an, an etch a sketch. Remember etch a sketch? If, if you're from, um, I actually have one, but it's not on stage today. And um, I I, I, still, I have an etch a sketch. You remember, remember etch a sketch? Remember that, right? Can you remember that? Um, see, uh, good. Um, in, in Georgia, it's called an iPad. <laughs> I'm just joking. But an Etch-A-Sketch was cool. You could draw anything you wanted to draw on an Etch-A-Sketch. And then you could shake it and what would happen? It would erase up, right? It would wipe it off. And that's what the grace of God is like. Many of you have drawn really bad things that just looks terrible. And you're like, what am I going to do with my life? I've made so many mistakes. I've made bad choices. I've made bad decisions. And I feel like I'm in probation with the Lord. Let me tell you, that's not where you're at. You know, you you may walk 30,000 steps away from the Lord, but you're always one step away from Him. Do you realize that? And the word of the Lord came to Jonah again and again and again and again. And I really believe today as I prepared and I prayed this week for you. I think there's people here today, I I believe with all of our heart, that you feel like you've run out of chances. That you've pushed God a little too far. And you came to church today reluctantly. And let me encourage you. The word of the Lord has come to you again today, because the Lord, the Lord loves you and He wants to share His grace with you. So. Let me answer two things today. How do we go when God gives that extra chance? How do we go? Because what did Jonah do? He went to the people of Nineveh, didn't he? Spit up on the shore. He's nasty. He's got, you know, slime all over him. That's what I'm imagining. You know, like slimer from, you know. And he, he's laying there and the word of the Lord comes to him. And then he goes to Nineveh. He preaches. And one of the greatest revivals in history happened to one of the most wicked people. So today, the Lord is trying to get you to go. He's trying to speak to you. How do we do that? And here's the first way we do that. The first way is by saying yes. Write in your notes the first way. How do we go when God gives that second chance? Number one is this. Say yes to God. Say yes. Jonah 3 verses 1 and 2 say this. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah again or a second time. Shinjai, the word there. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given to you. The city is about 120,000 people. It actually had a wall 7.5 miles long around it. It It's a very great city in that day. It's a wicked city, as I said before. And Jonah said, "Yes, I'll go to the people who have murdered my family, who have murdered my loved ones, who have who have done wicked things to children. I will go to them, and I will preach the gospel of grace to them. I will share your love to them in Old Testament terms. Back then was repent. That's what it was, and believe in believing the Lord God because Jesus had not come yet. Uh, you know, obviously. So today, realize this: you've got to say yes to some things. If you're gonna go, you gotta say yes. I believe, first of all, it may be forgiving someone. It may be forgiving someone. You know, I think this generation, more than any other, has so much bitterness, man. Hurt and offense just wrapped up in our hearts, and relationships suffer, and we suffer in life because we hold on to so much bitterness. We hold on to so many grudges in life, and I tell you, if you just—I mean—and and I, I, I literally don't, don't get on Facebook and at all anymore because I just kept seeing that. You know what? Can I to be honest with you—it broke my heart. It broke my heart just to see people so hurt from things today God me be saying you forgive somebody release that person now you don't have to go to them and tell them hey man I really don't like you Alan and you know for a long time I just you know I was mad at you but I, I forgave you the Lord I, I release you I was like okay go cool on didn't know <laughs> sometimes it's yeah, I really didn't like you but I like you now um, you know but I think sometimes it's just sitting with the Lord and saying God I forgive Sally, Sue, John, whoever, I release them to you and help me not be so bitter. Because you can't go while you're carrying baggage. You can't go. It's, it's forgiving someone. It's forgiving someone. So sometimes, let me even say this, sometimes it's forgiving the last church you were at. And let me just, I feel the Lord saying that some people come into a church and they're so mad at the last church they come from. They come in really, and, and, and I always listen to this, how many bad things they say about their last church. And they have a lot of bad things that's about the last church. Guess what? It won't be long for they say bad things about this church. Because it's probably not the church. It's probably the heart. And anywhere you go, you're going to say bad things because you've never forgiven the last place you're at. And you're still carrying hurt everywhere you go. So you've got to forgive some people. Maybe it's for some of you, you had a bad experience. You got to stop pouting and get back in the game. Stop pouting and get back in, man. Life threw you some curveballs. Yeah, maybe you did some dumb things. Maybe somebody hurt you. Get back in the game saying yes today maybe this maybe it's time to serve and you know man, i want to serve i want to be involved in my local church and maybe they sit in your local church wherever it is and you know it's time to serve but but you're not serving so maybe it's saying yes to serving and then i think for some of us in here it's sharing the gospel with someone you know that that person needs the gospel and you're scared to share it with them. And maybe a close friend that you hang out with, and you know they're far from God, and you know if you start sharing that gospel stuff, they're gonna get mad at you. And you're scared to lose a friend. For some of you in your office, you don't want to be unpopular, so you don't share the gospel. But in order to, to go, you've got to say yes. So, what is the Lord asking you to say yes to in your life? And here's the the second way that we go, and it's by saying no. It's by saying no. And, that's in, and I want to back up to Jonah 2, 8, and 9. It's in your notes. Jonah 2, 8, and 9. Those who worship false gods. This is Jonah in his prayer in, in, in the belly there. Um, uh, worship false gods. Turn their backs on all God's mercies. But Jonah says, I will offer sacrifices to you. with Songs of praise. And I will fulfill all my vows. Jonah said, I refuse to worship the idols of my culture. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is worshiping the idols of, of greed and materialism and lust and, and those things. But I am going to worship you. I'm going to give sacrifice to you. Jonah had to say no to some things. If you're, going to do, if you're going to go when God says go, you've got to say no to some stuff as well. Yes to some things and no to other things. You've got to say no to idols. Now, you've probably heard in church, and if you're like me, you're probably you know, analyzing everything I'm saying. You're trying to break it down. And so I really try to avoid. Blanket statements. Um, you've heard in idols, anything you put before God, Hallelujah, bless the Lord. And you're like, Oh God, I watched too much. T- I watched an hour worth of that TV show. I put it before God. Oh my God, I, you know, I, I I put my child before God. Oh no, and, and you're worried about what do I put before God. Let me say this. I'm not sure that's exactly an idol. But here's what an idol is. Anything that causes you to say no to God. Where you can't say yes to what he's inviting you to do. Now that's an idol. An idol is what blocks your path when you're moving forward. God I'm going to say yes to you. I'm going but I can't say no to that. What can you not say no to? Whatever you can't say no to, that's an idol. And Jonah said, I have to say no to some things so I can say yes to God. And you know, for many of us in here, it's not that you're trying to say no to the heroin needle. It's like, oh man, I've got to get this thing out. You're like, it's not something that's so bad. You know what idols are sometimes? It's good things that causes you to walk away from God's things. It's good things that causes you to walk away from God's will. That's sometimes what idols are. I mean, for me in 2003, I had a band that I played in. I toured for four years, I started this band from scratch and we were terrible when we started. If you heard the music, you'd probably still think we were terrible because it was punk rock and you're like, this is bad. But the Lord blessed our little band from Turkey, from Clinton, North Carolina. He blessed us little skateboard punk rock guys who love Jesus and we, we got a chance to record in the same place that James Brown recorded in and Kid Rock and Def Leppard and and, and I know Alan just got really happy and he thinks a lot more of me. And, and, and we had a chance to, to go to the Gospel Music Awards and, and sit beside guys like newsboys and we, we had a chance you know to uh and berlin here on the radio i'm good friends with their singer and he loved our band how cool is that and we got to tour and do those things man it was so fun and in 2003 i'll never forget the struggle that i had because i knew the lord was calling me into a church ministry i believe well, all we do is ministry don't get me wrong. every one of you are in ministry okay if, if you're breathing you're in ministry if you're around people who need jesus you're in ministry The Lord had called me into church ministry and I struggled because I had to say no to the band to say yes to God. And I knew this was the toughest decision because I built it. It was my it was my identity. It was everything to me. So I, I went on a fast. And I fasted and I prayed and I sought the Lord. I'll never forget I was sitting out at the front end loader I worked at and I had—I you know, was putting the diesel fuel in it, the gas pump and I just felt the Lord to me saying you've got to walk away from it or you can't walk to what, uh, what I have for you. And I told the band members and they were all really mad at me. All really mad. And I had to say no to something really good to say yes to what God had for me. If I never would have said no, I may not even be here today with you guys. No, no I wouldn't be alive, but, but I would, no, the Lord would strike me now. But, but, but I just no telling where, where, I, where I would where I'd be at today. In 2009, I worked for my home church, and it was a very affluent church, and they, they gave me a great salary. You know, um, I, They created a position for me. They really wanted me on staff. It was a, it, for me, it was, um, it was very easy. I got to be behind the scenes. So I'm like, well, just get, kind of get working and doing stuff. And I had this great salary, man. And my wife had to go to school to be a physician assistant. And so I had this plan in mind. Okay, she's gonna go to school be a physician assistant, and I'm gonna work and pay the bills, and I'll work here because it's comfortable, I'll, you know. And so we'll just do that. But the Lord had called me to start a church in Florida, and I knew it'd been four or five years, but to go start that church, then I, mean, I had to leave the really good job. Now, granted, I found another job before I left that job. Don't leave a job till you have another job. That's I worked in corporate America doing job counseling back in the day. Don't leave a job till you have a job. We call that. Stupidity in the workforce okay i 'm just saying and i 'm saying and let me interject some of you guys need this you are are more marketable with a job than without a job to an employer just say that okay so anyway um, I- I hung out and I knew the Lord had called me to leave. I, I sat with the pastor and said, Pastor, um, I need some time to find a job in this area down south in Florida and so I've got to leave. And I went and took a pay cut, went and lived with my church, uh, my, my good friend who was a church administrator for our church plant. I slept in a kid's room that was painted purple and I had, cl- I had, I had, I had little uh, college furniture and I slept on an air mattress for over a year and a half, an hour and a half away from my wife. I to say no to a comfortable salary to a great apartment with a really cushioned job to say yes to what God was calling me to do. Now was that job a bad thing? No. But it wasn't God's thing for my life. In 2012, before I came here, uh, you know, I I lived on the beach of South Florida, as you guys know. And we had just got that church plant to the place It was just rolling, man. Had people in place. We'd worked so hard. That worked so hard in my life. The Lord called me to leave that to come to a place with 25 people. And we didn't really know what what was going to happen. And I had to leave comfort to come here and start over again. And I'm glad I said no to that and said yes to this. Amen? 2014, we had an opportunity to launch a campus across the river. It's a big risk. The people over there need to be reached for God. I lived there for, for my first three years I lived here. You know? And the Lord said, I want you to take people and money and resources and launch it across the river there. I want you to launch a campus. And I I did not want to do it. I fought it tooth and nail in my heart. Hoping somebody would say, don't do it. Talking to mentors. And we, we did that. See, I had to say no to my comfort and no to my security and no to the things I wanted for what God wanted to do. Remember, you cannot pick something else up if you're holding on. Some of you got to let something go and say no, so you can say yes. It may be school for you. It may not be something spiritual. You know, it's time to go to school. For some of you, it's your career that you're working so much. Your kids are neglected at home. Men, some of you are so enamored with the things in the in the garage and you're building stuff and you're doing this and your kids don't have time with you. What is it in your life that you've got to say no to so you can say yes to what God has for you? Because I'm telling you, God doesn't have you say no to something. and He doesn't say no to you because he doesn't like you. He does that for you because he loves you with all of his heart and has a great plan for you. And, and I want to close here with this verse. Verse 5 says this, The people of Nineveh believed God's message. I think there's some people at your work that will believe God's message if you, if you share it. I believe they would. All right. And from the greatest to the least. Watch this. They declared a fast and they put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, and he dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Let me say this to you guys someone's waiting on the other side of your obedience. Someone is waiting on the other side of your obedience. See, at one point in time, you were that someone. You were that someone, right? At some point in time, there was someone who shared the gospel or invested in you or did something for you, but they had to say no to some things so they could say yes to you, right? Well, where is it in your life that you know God's, the word of the Lord's coming to you again? It's coming to you again. It's coming to you again. And today, you know, you've got to confront some things. You've got to say no to some stuff. So you can say yes to God. It's not just saying yes to what God wants you to do. But there's somebody on the other side of that yes. I'm thankful that my friend Eric risked our friendship by calling me an enemy of God by the wicked works of my mind. Never forget that. Thankful for that. I'm thankful That I was on the other side of his yes. And there are people in your life on the other side of that yes. Every one of you have, have a Nineveh in your life. It's your sphere of influence. It's the people God's placed you around. And most of them you probably don't like, do you, at your job? Bad, they use bad language, they tell dirty jokes, they you know, say bad things about church and things like that. That's your sphere of influence. You know, the next couple of months, what we've dedicated here at Thrive on Wednesdays is to teach you how to reach those people, how to reach your Nineveh. We heard from Andy Stanley last week about that. My heart is that you would go to your Nineveh when you leave this place and say no to some things like Jonah did to say yes to those wicked people who are mean to you they undercut you at your job they lie about you they hurt you and you would go to them because those people are waiting on the gospel but they're wicked Kevin they don't care you think were they as wicked as Nineveh? when's the last time they like cut somebody's head off and built a pyramid out of it? (laughs) They're, they're not that bad and the Lord's sending you to them if you will stand to your feet this morning i want to i want to pray for you today if you will Bob, just close your eyes in here and i want to pray for some of you today because I, I believe that as i prayed this week and sought the lord there was people in here that this message was meant for you the word of the lord's coming to you again and again and again and god is speaking to your heart about some things Today, if you need me to pray for you because you need courage to say no to some things, maybe it's good things that are keeping you from God's things, and you need to say yes to things God's prompting in your heart, and you're saying, Kevin, I, I want to say no, I want to say yes, but. It's hard, man. I'm struggling. It's not easy. I've tried it before. It didn't work. I just don't know. I'm a little, you know, just kind of confused. And I want to pray for you today, if that's you, to have courage. That the Lord would give you courage. The Lord would give you boldness. The Lord would give you strength in this place. So today, if you're in thrive and you're saying, Kevin, this message was for me. I need you to pray for me because I need the boldness and courage and empowerment of the Holy Spirit to say no to some things so I can say yes to other things. If that's you today, just lift your hand. That's me, Kevin. Amen your so hands going everywhere man I want to pray for you I want to pray for you right where you're standing I just, just keep your hand lifted man it's a sign of surrender to the Lord and just as you call out to the Lord I want to pray for you right now God in the, in the name of Jesus I ask for every person here who said Lord I'm weak because you can make us strong when, we, when, we, when we're weak I pray Lord that you would help them right now that there are some things in their life that got to say no to so they can say yes to the greater good yes to the to, to to your will, so I ask today, Lord, that they would sense and feel the power of the Holy Spirit in their life; that they would experience Your presence; that God, they would leave this place with the with the unction, with the. Bold with the courage to say no I can't do that no I can't I can't go that route no I can't participate in that and so Lord they can say yes Father there are people waiting for us to share the love of Jesus with them we don't have to be perfect we don't have to even be ready We've got to be willing. I pray today, Father, there are none of us out there in all of our lives that need to hear about a loving God who is gracious and merciful and who will forgive us when we turn to him. And I ask today, God, that every person here, Lord, would be empowered by your spirit. I want you, church, right now as Josie sings, as we've just asked the Lord to help us and empower us.